Ladies, gentlemen, one and all, those of you who choose not to ascribe yourself as either of those things, or maybe both, you're all welcome here, as ever, the Madam's Cast, a broad church, a place purely for discussion and moving discussion forward, hearing people's opinions respectfully, taking them, listening to them, and melding it all into a conversation that hopefully one day builds a better world. Now remember, when you're downloading the podcast, please download it, don't stream it. It makes it easier for people to find the Madam's Cast. And if you fancy supporting on Patreon, you can do so from a very tiny amount of money. The Madam's Cast is free and ad-free, and we aim to keep it that way. I don't know who we are. There's only me here, except for this month's guest, who hopefully is at the other end of the internet, a chap named Matt Palmer. Matt, are you there? I am indeed, Tim. How are you doing? I'm, I'm really good. Thanks very much. I'm really good. And um, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I mean, very busy, but um, uh, enjoyable work. So um, I can't complain too much. Brilliant. Okay, now this is, uh, and this will come as no major surprise to regular listeners of the Madam's Cast. I've got a bit of an issue with a few subjects, industrial fishing being one of them, um, and uh, or marine fishing, if you like, being one of them. And another one being aquaculture. But before we dive into that, I wondered if maybe you could give us a little intro as to who you are, Matt. I can give the game away a little bit and tell everyone that you're the um, farm salmon campaigner for the off the salmon, or off the salmon for the off the table campaign. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got to doing that job, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks for the introduction, Tim. So, uh, yeah, as, as as you said, I, I work for um, a charity called Wildfish. So, we're a um, environmental organisation charity um, that protect or work to protect wild fish and their habitats in the UK. Um, and I've come to them uh, as their farm salmon campaign manager, working on the off the table off the table campaign, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about in detail in a second. Um, so my route was a little bit unusual into the campaigning world. So um, I uh, qualified as a vet in, in 2015 and, and then went on because um, I, I have a passion and, and love for fish as, as you do. So I, I went on to, to do a, a master's up in the University of Stirling to, to work within that field thereafter, um, uh, working in the salmon farming industry as a vet. Um, and quite quickly coming out of it because I, I, I uh, was was quite upset or and and you know concerned with the the, the environmental and welfare issues associated with that industry. So uh, I, I came out of it and uh, you know fast forward a few years later and, and the job at Wildfish came up to to work on a campaign to to highlight the very issues that I'd I'd seen and and, and become aware of. Um, so I I, I jumped. Um, you know, two feet straight, two feet straight into that, and 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 that's brought me to today and working on the off the off the table campaign. Fantastic. Okay, Matt. So, wow, a lot to <laughs> a, a lot to unpick uh, very early on, but that's okay. So let's just go personal for a second. Stirling University. You don't sound that Stirlingy based, and I've got to be really careful as an Englishman living in Northeast Scotland that I don't put my foot in it, but. Um, where whereabouts are you based? Where, where's your voice come from? So yeah, I, I, uh, I grew up in, in in Surrey and then studied up in in Liverpool for my vet degree, and then uh, during that time I um, uh, just wanted to pursue pursue my passion of uh, of you know being around water and and finding out more about you know whether or, or how veterinary fits within the world of aquaculture and and decided to pursue that in a masters up in Scotland. So I, I lived up there. 
for, for a year doing the masters and, and, and for a period of time whilst I was working within the industry as well. So it, it took me quite a, a long way from, from home. Um, but it was something that at the time I, I thought that, you know, I, I, um, it was an industry I wanted to be part of. Um, quite quickly realized it, it wasn't the industry that, that I um, had perhaps perceived or, or, you know, was, was, was maybe um, advertised as, as, as being. So uh, I, I've since then moved back down south. So I'm, I'm based down in uh, near London. Yeah. Um, at the moment, but but frequently um, head up to to Scotland to to meet with other members of my team. Okay, brilliant. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, most of the salmon farming in Scotland happens on the west coast, and so that's a pretty beautiful place to be, right? So I can totally understand the attraction of wanting to get over there. Absolutely. Um, okay. Right. So, uh, Matt, you know the deal. You get to change three things about the world of food farming, foraging, uh, and all that that entails. Um, if you want to dive straight in and do that, we could do that. Um, and we can tackle it as we go along. Or do you want to give me a, a brief overview of the things that upset you and made you think, actually, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to about face and go back the other way or you know or do you want to just answer your three things that you want to change and we'll take them as they come i i, I guess ultimately um the the three things that well it probably would be best suited to 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 pinpoint the three things or the issues or three issues that you know at wildfish we perceive and, and the off the table uh, campaign works to to highlight um, and really, these are three things that, that, that you know, then after sort of six years of, of, of concentrating and, uh, you know, working towards becoming a, a fish vet that took me away from the industry and, and, and now I campaign to, to highlight. And that's uh, the environmental impacts, the sustainability impacts and the welfare impacts of, of, of salmon farming or fish farming. Okay, so we're going to leap in then. We're going to go straight in to, to the Madcast world where, you know, you can you can change stuff. We're going to talk about how it's changed, but ultimately it changes immediately as soon as you invent it. Um, it's quite nice. It's malleable. It gives us the possibility to then think about what the next change would be and how sure. things might change around that. Obviously, I'll bring some real world view into it. We'll raise some challenges. We'll talk about reasons, how we've got to the state we're in, etc. And we'll have a nice natter and see how we go. I'll try not to take up too much of your time, but these things need discussing. So we'll have to see how we go. Okay, Matt Palmer, you have the microphone. What's the first thing you'd like to change in this world? So ultimately, um, we campaign for, for an end to open net salmon farming. So I, I like to see the, the cages up and down the, the west coast of Scotland and islands. I, I, I like to see an end to those and, and we campaign to, to see an end to, to those cages. So, I mean, really for, um, for context, the, the salmon farming industry in, in Scotland is, is a, a, a large and an increasing industry producing sort of uh, just to touch over sort of 200,000 tonnes of, of farm salmon on a yearly basis. Um, and the second part, so uh, of, of, of growing uh, the, those farm salmon to roughly sort of, you know, four or five kilos is growing the fish in, in sort of open net cages um, along the coast, west coast of, of Scotland yeah. um, and up to, to the islands as well. Um, and there's huge issues with, with these cages. So, you know, by, by their very nature, the, the open net um, uh, structures allow the sort of free movement of water in and out of those cages. And with that, um, you know, that, that brings big issues to, to the environment. So, you know, it's, it's discharge of chemicals, 
diseases um, uh, and fish waste from from those cages directly into the surrounding environment. So it is a hugely environmentally damaging um, production system um, and one, you know, for, for the sake of our environment and wild fish, namely our wild salmon and, and sea trout, um, it's one that I'd like to see ended. Okay, cool. So that immediately from that, I want a helicopter out. Okay, it's done. Let's, let's imagine the entire west coast of Scotland free from open net salmon cages. There you go. Happy days. But I need to know sort of like A, Y, B, you know, let's start at the beginning. For me, let's say that I am um, not the person that I am and I've, you know, I've heard about wild salmon being of great conservation concern, right? And I think, okay, but I like eating Miss Salmon and it's available in the shops. Oh, but that's okay because it's farmed salmon. That's a good thing. So what we're saying is actually uh, eating eating farmed salmon, um, maybe not the answer to solving the wild fish problem. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. I mean, the unfortunately the the salmon farming industry has a, a direct negative impact on our wild salmon populations so one of the biggest is issues and, um, and one issue that the, we're really trying to highlight is is that of sea lice so these are external parasites um you know you could almost liken them to to sort of fleas or, or lice um mm -hmm. on your cats and dogs mm -hmm. but they're external parasites that once attached to to the fish feed on the mucus skin and blood and they can cause really serious issues so you know fish can almost be eaten alive in effect um, and cause really sort of serious welfare and health issues for the farm fish the the big issue that um you know we see as a, as a wild fish charity um and from an environmental perspective mm -hmm. is that due to the very na intensive nature of the farms and the huge numbers of fish on the farm so you know it could be upwards of, of two million fish on one farm alone of which there you know there are hundreds um along the west coast of scotland it's a breeding ground for for, for these lice and because of that, the, the farms, uh, you know, form a substantial, um, uh, you know, hotbed of sea lice that, that spread from those farms um, uh, and infect our, our wild salmon and sea trout as they leave from our rivers on their incredible journeys across the oceans. And, and it, you know, it can only take a couple of lice to, to kill a wild salmon smolt. And this is already a population that's that's on a serious decline to where it's, you know, it's it, it's in real threat of of being lost forever so you know any impact that that um uh, or negative impact on that uh, species is, is really significant and lice spreading from these farms to our wild salmon is is certainly one of them okay hang on i'm gonna stop you just for a second matt because i know that what we've covered there great as it is there's a couple of things people aren't going to get um i say people most people will understand some people listening to the pod might get it some people might not now you use the term called salmon smolt now in my yeah. head that's a uh, a young salmon venturing out of the spawning river and heading off on its sea journey. Is that right? It absolutely is. So, yeah, my apologies that I... I no, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. That's my job. I'm, I'm here to try and spot these things to make sure that even if I understand, there's people out there that don't, we can help with that. Yeah, and it's really important to understand how incredible, you know, this, this fish is. So, you know, it starts off uh, its life as an egg, um, you know, up in our rivers. Um, uh, and then, you know, 
grows to, to a, you know, it can take a, a couple of years living in our rivers and, and growing to the point where it goes through this incredible transformation, you know, of which only a, a handful of fish in the world can do that allows it to, to transform from living in a freshwater system to living in a saltwater system. So, you know, they're completely different or, you know, demand completely different things from, from a body perspective. Um, so it, it undergoes this transformation um, uh, at young age uh, and, you know, they're roughly sort of anything between 10 and 100 grams. Um, so they're very small fish undergoing yeah. this incredible change to allow them to go from our rivers out to, to oceans where they're, you know, they're across hundreds, if not thousands of miles and a huge migration before returning to, to spawn um, after, you know, a year to a couple of years out at sea. That's quite the journey, isn't it? It's quite the journey. I recently read um, a book which was uh, it's about the last team that were running the salmon nets on the mouth of the Spay in the early 80s um, called The Summer Crew. Very good book, anyone interested in reading it. Have a little listen. Um, and, uh, and, and I, you know, I've always been fascinated by the life cycle of the salmon. It's just one of those things I find it's quite interesting. It stacked its odds incredibly. It's an amazing surviving fish. It can you know they can go they can smolt from the river at one year two year or three year intervals and they can do this and that protects that year's recruitment from predation and environmental factors such as flooding and all sorts of other stuff i mean they're amazingly resilient only man could have pushed the wild population back to the point of uh, of trouble now so what we've got then in my head if we're just going to sort of go helicopter for a second is We've got this problem with the salmon rivers all being shut for netting because the salmon population is massively in decline. As someone comes along and goes, right, let's farm salmon instead. That way people can still have their salmon. So did the wild population create the marketplace for salmon? And then fish farming has come in behind it as the kind of saviour, if you like, of the wild population, even if it's now going wrong. Is that the sort of historical angle of how we got to where we are? Or did salmon farming come about as a direct competitor to wild fish farm, uh, wild fish catches? Interesting question. I, it's, it probably falls outside of my expertise. Fair I think there's probably, if I'm honest, I think there's probably a, an, an element of both. Okay. I mean, it very much started as a, a cottage industry um, over in Norway, um, you know, upwards of 50, 60 years ago, really small farms. Um, so something like 50 tons compared to now it's, you know, in the thousands per 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 site so started off very small and uh, and as with a lot of um you know industrial intensive farming um you know it, it became very uh uh, uh like you know corporations bought out and it, now it's it's multinational um uh, corporations that own you know the, the summer farm so it's very few very few companies um owning the, the vast majority of uh, of the farms across uh, across the world really um okay. so it's one of those things that that, that that grew almost exponentially over the last sort of few decades all right cool okay so i i, that, I so i feel like i've got a great understanding now of why you want an end of open net salmon farming which is your sort of first ambition great um one last question about that then is there an alternative salmon farming option well, what we're saying for, for the Off the Table campaign and, and you know, working with uh, other NGOs and community groups, you know, with that campaign is that we need to, to look for more sustainable alternatives. So one really huge thing uh, about um, farm salmon is, is that it requires a, a huge amount of wild caught fish for feed, which, you know, maybe we'll come on to in a second. Um, 
but we you know it, it does mean that fundamentally it's an unsustainable food production system and and you know as you well know and, and as you fought for um, over many years we we need to look for you know better systems more sustainable systems um so we're you know wanting to open the door to to research into those and that might be you know completely alternative systems so you know production of bivalves for instance so that might be sort of mussel oyster farms um which can have a positive impact on water quality for instance yeah. when created yeah. um or it might be you know different production systems so um land-based systems you know have the benefit of, of a physical separation between the farmed fish and the wild fish so yeah. from, from an environmental impact they can be better that's not to say they're not without their issues and, and, and things that need to be resolved i.e you know energy consumption and you know again coming back to, to the wild caught fish for feed fundamentally uh, you know uh, atlantic salmon are, are a carnivorous species so by their very nature they require fish meal and fish oil within the feed um the majority of which comes from wild stocks so um, you know, it's something that, that really we need to address uh, and think about actually, you know, should we be, firstly be eating the wild caught fish to begin with? So, you know, there's been lots of studies to show that between sort of 75 and 90 percent of the, the wild caught fish that, that's turned to, to feed for um, for aquaculture can actually be consumed directly by humans. Right, hang on, hang on, Matt. OK. Is it, uh, diving into point number two here. Is this, <laughs> we are, we are, we are. Okay, okay, well, let's go for it then. So, because some people are not going to get this, right? So I'm going to frame it up, hopefully, but you're going to give, you're going to tell me what it is. So we've got end open net salmon farming. Are you going to be as bold as to say end wild fish capture for fish meal? I think we need to certainly uh, think about redu uh, significantly reducing, um, if not, ending would be uh, ending would be the optimal you know ultimately uh, aquaculture has its role in, in in feeding the world but um i think we need to look away from carnivorous species and move towards uh you know species that, that don't rely on it so, okay. so can i, I call, can i call your second point significantly reduce wild fish uh capture for feed in aquaculture can i do that please, please do yeah Great. So then for the listeners out there who aren't familiar, this is one of the things I remember that this, and I'm sorry to use the term gutted, it's a bit of a bad pun for a fishy episode, <laughs> but I remember this absolutely opened me up once because I thought, well, the, you know, come on, salmon, farming salmon to save the wild stocks, that's the right thing to do. We should support that. And then I discovered that huge, like, I mean, and people, a lot of people don't understand the volumes we're talking about here. Um, a few years back now, the MSC certified one of the um, uh, one of the fish meal uh, fisheries uh, over in, I think, I can't remember if it was Norway or Greenland, somewhere over there. And I thought, that's great. They've done some sustainability work there. But the point is that those little fish, so what are we catching? What is what's being caught to feed the salmon? Let's start there. So uh, it is, it's, it's a huge number of fish um, uh, or types or, or species, but, you know, typically we're talking about herring, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, um, and actually increasingly, um, and, you know, hugely concerningly, it's uh, Antarctica krill as well. So um, a huge volume of, of different fish species, you know, the large majority of which we can consume directly. Scad, blue whiting, sand eel. It's all there. It's all there. Okie dokie. Right. So um, 
lots of people then might say, well, hang on, we don't want to eat those fish. Although I would encourage you to try because I think uh, a, a crispy white bait is, is way more delicious than a piece of farm salmon. But that's just my opinion. I don't want to bring it in just yet. So a lot of people might say, well, I don't want to eat that. I want to eat the farm salmon. So this makes perfect sense. We've got these low value fish um, and we're taking them out of the ecosystem to grow salmon, which is protecting the salmon. But hold on, there's going to be a problem there. I can see it coming down the road. Matt, tell us what the problems are with that. So the, the fundamental problem is is that um, farm salmon is a, a net consumer uh, of fish, which means that it takes more than a kilogram of wild caught fish to produce a kilogram of salmon. Um, so there's, there's lots of estimates out there, but the, the sort of most up-to-date um, uh, estimate is it takes around two and a half kilos of wild caught fish to produce a kilo of salmon or, or putting that sort of into real terms um uh, there's an estimate out there that it takes about 440 wild caught fish to produce one salmon or one scottish salmon okay so on the one hand um we've stopped eating the wild salmon uh they're getting potentially harmful levels of or, or they are getting harmful levels of parasite damage on the way out of the river by the Im amplified amounts of um little uh, little sea lice uh, ending up on them potentially killing the smolts and then when they get out there and they're foraging around in the sea because they've made it um there's nothing for them to eat because we've caught it all to feed to the farm salmon yeah it's it, it's a it's it's all interconnected and it's all a vicious circle i mean we <clears throat> you know there, there's very little known about um, some of the, the sort of behaviours and migratory patterns of, 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 of the, the, the salmon as they head out to sea. But certainly, um, you know, they're going to be reliant on some of those the, those fish for feed. And the very fact that we're harvesting them at such huge volumes, huge, huge volumes to, to um, you know, provide feed for the farmed fish. Um, and given that it takes, you know, huge volumes to or larger volumes than a kilo to produce a kilo of farm salmon, it, it's it's all interconnected um, uh, and, you know, fundamentally unsustainable. Yeah, they call that a feed conversion ratio, don't they? And I'm I'm really surprised by that, because one of the things that is always trotted out by the aquaculture industry as a whole, well, let's say the salmonid aquaculture industry, because obviously rope growing mussels and farming oysters, as you've already touched on are both actually beneficial to the environment rather than um, a negative impact. Um, if that's the first, one of the things they tell us is that it's an incredibly efficient way of farming because they're not hot-blooded animals, so they're not wasting energy keeping warm. Yet, even if we had a food conversion ratio of one kilo to one kilo, let's say we were one for one, which it sounds like we're a long way off. That's not taking into account the big bad carbon factor that we've got hanging around here. I mean, the last time I looked at an industrial fishing boat, it was running on diesel. The last time I looked at a milling plant for feed mill, um, it, you know, it took quite a lot of energy to dry out these oily fish and turn them into a powder. So, you know, in terms of carbon, we've got an issue as well. Um, I wonder how does just for the sake of argument, okay, because lots of farms are polluting on land and, and in the sea. They've all got their own unique problems and you might not be able to answer this, which only just occurred to me as a question. I wonder what the food conversion ratio is for, say, a pig. So, so it's an interesting one. Uh, and actually, it's um, it, 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 it makes it a little bit difficult to compare. So from a feed, feed conversion ratio perspective on, on paper, um, you know, it could be argued that salmon's pretty good. So it's roughly um, a feed conversion ratio of about sort of 1.1, 1.2, um, meaning 1.1 to 1.2 kilos of 
uh, a feed will produce um you know a kilo of of, of muscle yeah however um you know what we've got to once we start stripping that back and, and thinking about it, it yeah. you know it, we quickly get away from that figure um you know we have to consider that that's a, a pellet feed so yeah. it's a concentrated feed and actually we have to think about the raw ingredients that's going into that so we're thinking about the the huge kilos of wild caught fish increasingly we're thinking about um you know the the plant content so um that's soy uh, you know yeah. large soy bean content um uh, you know pea pea meal etc so um it's huge volumes of food that are going into producing those pellets so it makes it very difficult to then compare to to terrestrial animals that are fed you know um those raw ingredients so you know if you're thinking about um feeding silage etc or hay grasses um, or, or those plant mills directly it makes it very difficult to compare so you know yeah, really yeah. we're looking at the fish in fish out ratio which is the the amount of fish that's going in to produce the amount of fish that's coming out and then you know starting to bring in the the plant content etc into that and, and as soon as we start to peel back those layers actually you know it's a it's a hugely unsustainable production system and you know you're losing upwards of 50 percent of some of the, the 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 proteins or some of the essential oils including sort of omega-3s you know you're losing a huge content of that from the fish that's being fed to them uh, to the salmon that th themselves and presumably this extraction of these feed fish is also causing uh impacts on the behavior of other wild fish stocks that presumably predate upon them as well um, yeah absolutely i mean well. certainly when you think about uh you know krill that's a, a huge you know that's an ecosystem that that you know i would argue is you know probably quite poorly understood um uh, and krill is is you know is a, a really small sort of low low level in the in the food chain is is really vital food source for you know for a huge um uh, number of, of different um uh, sort of species in, in antarctica so you know it has a, a massive impact not only on the environment but also on the, the sort of communities that rely on it as well so you know as, as as you've you know rightly already highlighted that this is often relies on sort of industrial trawling or industrial sort of fishing and and that's often in the, the sort of global south and um, that could be removing protein sources away from communities that, that really rely on them so i'm with you okay so all the ecologists out there listening they will totally get this so what we're saying is that krill uh along with you know the blue whiting and the scad and the tiny baby sardines and the small herrings and everything else those are what we call the wasp waste in an ecosystem, right? They convert plant food into meat food, which then enables a whole chain of predators above them to, to exist effectively. Absolutely, yeah. Great, cool. So um, so that might blow people's minds, actually, the idea that we're heading down to, to where? The South Pole uh, to catch tiny shrimp-like uh, organisms called krill by the hundreds of thousands of tonne to feed to salmon in cages. Um, when the krill themselves, at least if we just ate the krill directly, <laughs> we'd be getting, because they're incredibly full of uh, Amiga oils and things like that. But I mean, my, my feeling is that perhaps we shouldn't be fishing down there at all. We should be just leaving that alone. But there we go. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately what we're, you know, with the Off the Table campaign, uh, you know, what we're asking people to do is is to really think about what they're consuming. And, and you know, as with with everything, we have to think about, you know, can we consume less? And, uh, and when we are consuming, thinking about where it's coming from. So, you know, in this instance, you know, 
eating more diverse and, and lower trophic sort of level fish. So, you know, instead of eating the, the, the apex predator that is yeah. Atlantic salmon, you know, the lower trophic fish are the likes of the herring, the, the blue whiting, etc. Um, you know, those that, that are, you know, whose populations are off, often larger. That's not to say that, you know, if we just go for one, then, then there's not issues. It's, it's, it's spreading that pressure across, you know, a diversity of species. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I get it. I get it. Okay, so we've you've changed two things so far. We've got the end of salmon net farming, open water salmon net farming, um, significantly reducing the wild fish capture for feed in aquaculture slash elsewhere. Um, you've got one thing left. And um, before we dive into that, I wanted to sort of ask you another question because I just I felt like we were bumping up against in in journalists myself included have this terrible phrase we call we're bumping a we're bumping up against the consumer issue and i don't really like calling people thinking people consumers right we all are because we all have to consume to survive i get that um but we can be more conscious about the way we do it and that sort of thing so i've just an idea popped into my head if i really let's say i'm on board with you 100 percent, and i'm going to reduce my my um my salmon consumption to virtually nothing but once or twice a year i fancy a bit of salmon is there a, is there an organically farmed salmon maybe that's kind of acceptable to have uh you know a little bit of smoked salmon for christmas or are we thinking actually just just get on board and forget about eating salmon until you know we live in a utopian future where the wild fish stocks are abundant again yeah, so so there's a huge number of certifications for for um, farm salmon, of which organic salmon d does exist as well. So there's a, f a few certified um, or, or uh, certification bodies for organic. Unfortunately, they they suffer from the same um, welfare, environmental, and sustainability issues. So they still you know consume fish meal, fish oil. There's a still a huge amount of organic waste in the form of, of fish, uh, you know, fish poo effectively that. Yeah. You know free flowing from these farms into the surrounding environment so unfortunately you know we uh, you know we we argue that these farms have just as big as impact as as, uh, as you know uh, non-organic certified farms so we certainly wouldn't encourage the the consumer to to eat that unfortunately um, you know at the stage we are now we we don't have the the wild populations of salmon in the uk to sustain it either um that's not to say that there isn't um, obviously you know more sustainable pacific salmon populations although you know there's a carbon footprint associated with that and also weirdly aren't they farming lots of atlantic salmon in the pacific bizarrely yeah they are yeah yeah and, and and you know they they experience the same issues with sea lice in in places there and uh, as as we do over here you know escapees can have a, a a big impact on on local wild populations as well yeah it's a real big problem isn't it this the more i have always found this that with particularly with salmonid aquaculture the more you look at it the more problems you find now i'm sure that's true of other stuff you know if i start looking at an intensive pig unit on land i'm going to start finding problems i'm going to stop uh, to be fair i don't eat intensive pork either but it, you know those are my choices i don't want to staple them onto other people but it is definitely one of those things as soon as you start to look beyond the beautiful scottish loch on the label yeah. you start to you start to mm, start to all flake and fall apart right okay you got Matt, you've got one thing left, and then we're going to have a bit more of a chat about your campaign. I'm going to get you to choose uh, a food book that you wouldn't live without, a drink you'd want to drink while you're reading it, and I'd like you to nominate someone else to come on the pod. Before we get to that, you've got one last thing to change about the world of food or salmon agriculture, if you like. Um, what is it? Hit me with it. 
it's it's got to be welfare so you know fundamentally i i'm i'm a vet at heart and you know i i came to veterinary because i love animals and and obviously i have a particular love of of, of fish um and i want to improve welfare um i think uh, you know where we are with that you know possibly across the the whole livestock industry but specifically with my expertise and where we're working now um you know welfare within within aquaculture is is, is not where it needs to be mm-hmm. um and, and i think really the the figure that i would you know like everyone to to keep in their heads when they next think about salmon is that you know in scotland one in four of the farm salmon will die before it's even uh, you know harvested or, or makes it to the plate um, oh that's that's very high mortality in a farming system it's it's huge um you know so uh, it, it, and it's equivalent to, to to millions of fish so last year alone um the the industry reported uh, uh, over 16 and a half million fish deaths or, or having to cull uh, or, or you know fish dying because of disease or suboptimal conditions on their farms um so it's huge huge numbers we're, we're talking about um you know in, in september last year it was 2.8 million fish died um, on Scottish salmon farms, um, and and it's increasing. So that was, you know, last year it was roughly sort of double the mortality rates of, of the previous year. Um, and part of this is is you know warming seas bringing sort of more um, troubling conditions, and and it's a, a huge huge issue. Well, okay, that is a, that's a bit of a mind opener. I had <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot to take on in, in one. There's a lot of facts there, but I mean, you know. You, it's difficult to obviously directly compare it to, to other systems because aquaculture is unique for, for many reasons. But, um, you know, if you think about sort of other intensive industries, um, you know, the, the mortality rates for, for intensive poultry might be around sort of three to five percent. You know, summer farming is, is sitting at around 25. Um, as an average, there's some farms that will report sort of mortality rates over the course of production of, uh, of you know, 80 percent plus. Um, uh, and you know that's that's thinking about numbers that's millions of fish but these are you know all individual animals um, that you know have that capacity to 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 feel pain and suffer as as, as they die so it, it's for me something that's incredibly close to my heart um, and something that you know I, I, I we're trying to build awareness of um, uh, and I'm certainly trying to push that so I think now is a good time to bring this in so when how did I get in touch with you, Matt? I was I shared a story from Wildfish Conservation on my social media, which, yeah. as that can do, does occasionally cause a bit of an issue. Um, and some people came back to me, and there was a bit of a whole. But you guys picked up on it as well, and you said, "Oh, thanks, thanks very much for posting." I said, "No problem at all." Would you like to be one of our our supporting chefs? Absolutely, I'd be very happy to do that. I haven't eaten farm salmon for years, but I was also really interested to see that this hadn't moved very far in the last 15 years since I was sort of involved with a bit of fisheries conservation and this came you know came to light um 10 12 years ago I I really was disappointed in life that we hadn't got a bit further I spend a lot of my time telling people please don't eat salmon <laughs> or tuna <laughs> but I you know I say that and and you know we have the chat and I always think oh maybe that's made a difference and they'll go and tell a couple of people and your campaign is making a difference. People are definitely starting to take notice. And I'm really interested to see that you've gone after, or not gone after, but you're asking chefs to get on board. What's the, what's the motivation behind that? Yeah, so, so you know, we think chefs and restaurants are, are really key to, to the hearts and minds of, of, 
of the UK um, public and, and and globally actually you know um, we're really influenced by um, you know what chefs are doing and what chefs are talking about um, it's a group of individuals that uh, you know really really care about their ingredients um, and increasingly around sustainability so um, after years and years and years of wild fish you know campaigning at a regulation level so campaigning um for the scottish government to improve improve regulations mm-hmm. um you know we we uh, almost felt like we were banging our heads against the wall so um unfortunately it's still supported by by the scottish government with the view of, of, of you know almost doubling the industry by 2030 so you know we identified this incredible group of people that, that are trying to improve um uh, improve our food systems and uh, you know the influence that has on on sort of the consumption by the general public and and, and felt that it would be a great group of people to, to work with and, and we've been very glad that we we, we have done brilliant i i think it's an interesting one isn't it because um scotland almost unique uh, in having a, a green party coalition effectively uh, in power with the scottish national party i think green party um, make up the majority with them so they they share the the power up here you would think that a policy like this um, support for salmon farming in Scotland uh, would would be uh, something that the Green Party would be against, and yet, and yet, I think it was—I've lost my piece of paper—but I think it was around seven million pounds in January that was awarded um, by Scottish government for salmon farming development. Uh, it's a bit of an eye raiser, isn't it? I mean, it must be to protect jobs, presumably. Yeah, so so of course you know that the, there's jobs that it provides along the west coast, especially to to rural communities. Um, you know, we we have uh, you know long ca- campaign to raise awareness around the the jobs that are also lost as well through sort of eco tourism, etc. Uh, but you know those jobs are are really important for those that that, have, that work within the aquaculture industry, and, and and what we would say is that, that you know we we want the Scottish government to recognise that um, you know that that uh, as an unsustainable industry there needs to be movement away from from salmon farming to ensure that you know there's long term jobs in those communities, as opposed to you know in uh, X amount of years time where the seas are too warm. To, to, to farm sa- uh, salmon, you know, the, the, those rural communities are, are left isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's short-termism at play again, isn't it? And we need some long-termism. Okay, wow, that was some serious chat. Um, and and <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. And I'm sure we've got a bit more to come as we wend our way through this sort of lighter-hearted ending. But um, I just, I think there's one thing that I, as well, I mean, I know I'm asking a lot of you, I don't expect you to fix all the problems for me live here on the Madam's cast, but um, one of the things that happens to me, so for example, when I shared your your picture of a poorly, a very, well, a mutilated fish, to be honest, um, hanging on to the edge of life uh, from your your live stream, uh, from, your, um, from your Instagram feed of a fish that had been attacked by sea lice, I think. And um, I was interested by that reaction that I got from a lot of people online wasn't oh shock oh horror actually it was quite grown up it was like well okay got it but what do you expect people to eat instead of salmon and i sort of thought well actually that's not that's not really my problem to fix so i went back and said well mussels (laughs) would be a good good place to start and the immediate response was you know again not in a vitriolic way but just in a grown-up way they were like well do you really think that all the people that currently eat farm salmon are going to switch to eating mussels. And I thought, well, they're going to switch to eat something if we take it away. 
Um, but I mean, have you got any recommendations? And just I'm going to just to chuck this in to make life even more complicated. It, when we're talking about aquaculture, we're not having a drama here so much with um, inshore trout farming. You know, like sort of like on land trout farms. I mean, we have less of a problem with them. Yeah. So I, I mean, certainly to to speak on those quickly, um, you know that those systems um so inshore systems where there's a, a physical barrier between the, the the farmed fish and the environment um you know often uh, have a less of a of an impact um you know be it via disease spread escapees or discharge of chemicals into the environment um and, and aquaculture you know covers a, a, a broad spectrum of, of, of production and you know exclusively the off the table campaign is is asking chefs and restaurants and, and the general public to to not eat farm salmon and, uh, uh, and you know, and to bring an end to farm salmon. So it's one one type of aquaculture that, yeah. that, that we're specifically looking at. Um, yeah. uh, you know, due to its scale on the the production systems, is is hugely detrimental to the environment. Brilliant. Okay. So what's your like? Let's make this a personal thing then. What's your choice if you want to eat some fish? I, mean, I don't know. You might be a non meat consumer. I don't know. I shouldn't ask the question first. Do you eat fish? I, I do eat fish, but um, increasingly it's 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 limited options really. So, um, from uh, from a, a personal preference perspective, um, I think it's really important to to um, you know go local and and small scale. So, um, you know, I try and go for you know small boat small boat mackerel. Um, and, and be seasonal I, I do um, love mussels as well and increasingly I try and get my omega free um, requirement from, from you know those two really as, as well as others as well depending on the season but Mac, I, I you know I, I love mackerel I think that's my favorite fish to eat be it smoked or, or, or fresh I, I'd take that over anything anyway um, so uh, yeah I'd, I'd definitely encourage anyone to that hasn't eaten it for a while to, to go and uh, you know explore um, uh, macro again and, and, and there's some fantastic recipes that you know uh, I'm sure you you know many of which are yours that that, that um, you know, really celebrate that 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 beautifully tasting fish fantastic well I mean come out of that world there come out of the madam's cast world and back to this less brilliant world unfortunately in which we all live um but let's bring some of those lessons and, and thoughts with us um i really it it is always going to be a massive challenge to sort of sub hour get an overview of open net salmon farming and give you you and me an opportunity to show people the um the question marks around that and allow them to make an informed decision but i think We've gone all over the place with it, but we've definitely been helicopter <laughs> at times. And I think we've managed to not be too um, industry uh, wordy about it. So hopefully that's given everyone a really great, not only a great, a greater understanding of what farm salmon is, where it comes from and how it's reared, but also of the problems that you and I believe that there are with that system. And hopefully, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if this episode of the Madam's Cast stops just one person from eating salmon, that's a win for me. Um, so thank you very much for your time on that. You've got three remaining tasks. Um, you get to choose a book about food or a food-related book uh, that you would take on a desert island with you or you couldn't live without. And then you get to choose a drink to drink while you're looking at it. And then you get to nominate somebody else to come on the podcast, uh, which, you know, they don't have to. We don't turn up in a van with a, a body bag and some gaffer tape and drag them away uh, in in. In, uh, in, in chains to come and take part is just an idea and a bit of fun so how do you feel about those last three wee tasks for us 
I, I'm, I'm ready for them, yeah. So, uh, I mean, straight away, drink of choice. Um, it's got to be an espresso martini for me. Um, oh, no messing about. No messing about with you, Matt. You're straight to the party. Around, yeah. I, I, I could, um, I could sink several of them, no problem. Um, so that, that would be my drink of choice. Um, <laughs> uh, probably not what you were expecting, but it, it, it's the drink nonetheless. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I have to say, I'm very partial to an espresso martini myself. I. I tend to think a sort of after dinner espresso martini is yeah. a great thing. If you're having a dinner party, that sort of can change the direction a little bit. It does. It does. I'm not sure it be several of them, but I admire your courage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm, I'm just a big fan of coffee, so that that hits uh, that hits two marks for me. It's alcoholic and, and it's and it's got my coffee beans in it. So that for me has to be the drink of choice. My book. Um, that's an interesting one um, to take onto a desert island. Um, well, somewhere where you can't get your hands on another food book anyway, because I did have someone go, I like, want a foraging book for a desert island, wouldn't I? And I was like, yeah, well, that's very clever. But there's also slightly yeah. annoying. <laughs> that probably would be the sensible thing to do. I think outside of that, um, I'd have to go with Ottolinghi Simple. Um, oh, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good book. I, I just think the, the balance of flavours in, in, in such simplistic dishes for me is it, that makes it the one, I have to say. Has he signed up to the campaign? He's not yet, but he's he, he's on the target list. Is he? Okay. All right. I'm just going to make a separate note here. <clears throat> there we go. Lovely. And um, uh, I love that book, Ottolenghi Simple. A friend of mine gave me a copy, and it is just a joy. And you know, people sort of look at me sometimes and go, "You're a chef. What do you need cookbooks for?" I said, Trust me, everybody. <laughs> Everybody needs beautiful cookbooks uh, because they're inspiring and they give you lots of ideas and they have full of recipes for when you can't think of anything. So I like them. I like that a lot. Um, and he's done a lot for the food scene in the UK. That's for sure. So absolutely, big respect for that. Okay. Um, well, nomination then. Here's a problem for you. Who are you going to nominate? I'd have to say, actually, um, Having, having uh, eaten at his restaurant recently and, and, and met him through the campaign, he, he's, he's, he's been a supporter from, from, from day one. I'd have to say Doug McMaster, um, the, the hero of Zero Waste um, and the restaurant Silo in London. Yeah, it's, I an, think. it's an institution, Silo, isn't it? It absolutely is. And, and the work that he's doing is, is just inspirational. So um, I, I'd have to go with Doug. I really would. Okay. Well, what a great... What a great recommendation there! Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that. I'm definitely gonna take that as a potential, and uh, might well get in touch with Doug and see if he's up for it. Um, I expect he's very, very busy. But I did. Um, where was it? I saw a copy of his book that sort of was quite interesting when we were looking at moving up to Scotland. I saw a copy of his book uh, over in Perthshire in a lovely hotel, uh, and I'm desperately trying to remember the name of the guys who've got the place. But okay, anyway, that was the last time I saw that copy that isn't on my shelf anyway. Um, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's getting out there and making some influence and some change. That's fantastic. Um, so how do we find out more about the Off the Table campaign? How do we support wild fish conservation if we want to? Uh, you know, is there something we can sign up to? Does our, does our opinion matter? 
Of course it does. Yeah. So, you know, we want as many people to to sign up um, to join the campaign, to post about the campaign. So <clears throat> to to um, join our mailing list and to download um, social media tiles that you can share, you can talk about and to find um, all of the information that we've discussed today and and, and lots more. Um, I would definitely um, invite everyone to, to head to our off the table website. So it's off the table to find out more about salmon farming. Um, you know, that's uh, summer farming is just one of the many pressures facing our wild fish. So, you know, if you want to find out more about the work that we're doing at wild fish, um, including sort of water abstraction and pollution, etc then um head to, to wildfish.org as well to, to check us out and and to um to sign up to our mailing list brilliant brilliant um sewage has been very much on the agenda in scotland this week on the news i notice uh, another another big challenge for our wild fish in rivers and, and Usually, yeah. um brilliant okay well um Oh, what a great chat, Matt! Thank you so yeah. much for giving up your time. I mean, I I I realise this is part of your job as a campaigner, but I'm also delighted um, that you were were so friendly and, and and reached back to me when when we got in touch. So, um, huge thanks for coming on the Madam's Cast. Um, you've earned yourself an espresso martini when you get home. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll no doubt be having. Hey, sir. <laughs> yeah, you can you can browse through Ottolenghi Simple whilst you're sipping your espresso martini, uh, and and that'd be fantastic. Okay, um, nice one, chap. Uh, we know where to find you. We know how to find out more about salmon. And if I ever need you again, I'm going to phone you up and find and, and get you back. Thank you very much for your time. Dude, yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. No drama at all. All the best. Cheerio. Cheers. Take care.